Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercalm, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. Clobbercast. Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome to Clobbercast number four. Number with four. My. Good friend Glenn. Hi. And myself, Ben. Yeah, that, that took some saying. Yeah, good stuff. I was trying to think, I can't call this any good friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really have an intro for myself. No, no, well, it's tough to introduce yourself, but we're here. Uh, yeah. Week four. Yeah. Um, and we are going to split this one down a little differently this week, aren't we, Ben? Yes, for definite, because our guest is a VIP, in my opinion on tonight's show. We've got Amy Leverton, aka Mrs. Denim Dudes, and soon to be Denim Dudettes. Brilliant. Uh, loads of shit to throw at her, so therefore it's going to be a two hour so I think we can split it into two one hours. Yes. To be honest, it'll probably go over two hours knowing me and you. Yeah. But that's fine. We're going to split it down into two. Um, and we've tactically done this one so... Um, there's no fresh recording next week, so we're going to record both parts this week and release them in two episodes. Yeah. Uh, for the two reasons being that Amy is going to be a super, super interesting guest, and the second reason that I'm off on, I'm off on my travels. Yes, where are you going this time? Uh, I'm going to London. Um, I've got so loads of friends in London. Yeah, but we could have a po- you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> we want can to follow I'll, it on. I can just introduce yeah. you to my mates in London. I do. I do want to go down and check out the uh, Red Wing store. Red Wing uh, store. Yeah. Um, because Dom mentioned it, yeah. um, and I just want to see where <laughs> Beckham parks his car when he gets all these tickets. Um, Fanboy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I've got a bit of a, a mad week of travelling now. So tomorrow I'm off to Nottingham to watch. One of my favourite bands, Mooseblood. Not yeah. sure if you've heard of them, Ben. No. No, no. no. Sorry. It's a bit pop punky and a bit emo but so it's probably not up I your street. With, uh, I work with Sean. Everything's got to be super cool. Super. I only listen to super cool music these Indian days. underground, hardcore <laughs> punk. Yeah. <laughs> um, All I listen to is X-Ray Specs B-sides. Yeah, he, he, he got me into a band, The Babies, actually, so thanks for that, Sean. Really, really like them. So He got yeah. me into Kurt Vile, which is a revelation for my ears, if I'm we need, completely we, honest. To be honest, I think we need to do one more about music, because it's a m- massive part of both of our lives, and we yeah. like to talk about stuff that we like and hope other yeah. people like it as well. It's, so We'll see what you think to this. I haven't spoke to you about this yet, Glenn, but Sean, because he's signed, his band signed, the Slow Coaches, and Great he tours band. a lot. He knows a few different tour managers, and there's one based in Sheffield that's supposed to be a real character. Uh, and I thought we could do a like the secret life of a tour manager. That'd be good, yeah, yeah. And uh, like a fly on the wall almost, just yeah. to tell us all your dirty diary secrets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, then we can like shoot the shit about music and let him tell us some stories. Sean said he'd be bang up for it. Yeah, cool. We'll we'll definitely get to that. I mean. This guest list is ever growing. I think we'll be doing this when we're about it's fifty, stronger and which stronger, is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got mean, to a point where I'm asking you to double up your uh, <laughs> your time for the club. Yeah, cast, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. But but yeah, back to my travel arrangements. We're we're off to watch Moose Blood uh, with some of my work friends, and then down to London at the weekend. And then I'm not going to be back, unfortunately, until like Friday morning. 
and then I'm <coughs> heading straight to Germany on Saturday morning. So there's loads, loads of go, loads you, going on. Are you working all the time in London? Yeah, working all the way through. Um, yeah, morning and night actually. It's it's kind of dropped on that we we've got projects during the day and during the evening as well. So going to be super busy. So apologies for that, but we've worked it out that we're doing like a, a double episode with with Amy. And we've split that down into two, haven't we, Ben? So yeah. the denim dudes and denim dudettes, which is which when, is cool when, with me. When do you get back from Germany? I don't worry about that. I get back um, on the following Monday. Ooh, so so that means that I'll be back to record ah. and broadcast the podcast. Well, that'll be effectively podcast five, but it will be number six in the series. It'll be five for us set together. That's when we've got Kelly. Let me just check my diary. Kelly, you can talk for a bit, Glenn. Okay. He's just heading off into his bag to get his diary. Um, nothing. Failed to fail to prepare. Prepare to fail. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, while, while you're looking through your diary, Ben. Yeah. Um, and you're getting onto that next um, guest. Um, yeah. We, we wanted to say we wanted to do a bit of a clobber cam update as well, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so uh, let's let's do that first of all. Yeah. Um, what what's been happening in store this week? Uh, I mean, the weather. I mean, everyone <coughs> listening in the UK will know that the weather's been absolutely terrible. Beast from the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our office has been closed for two days. Um, but has that affected? Has that affected the store? Uh, it's affected the store in terms of footfall and people coming in. But mm-hmm. <coughs> that's absolutely fine. You have to expect that, and you kind of. Uh, know that you could get a week or two like that in February we have just knuckled down with Sean this week me and Sean have got his head into the books and actually done stuff that you don't normally do that's always a pain in the ass that you've got to do at 11 o'clock at night when you're unorganised and tired uh, so, so we've got shitloads of buying done for autumn winter oh 18. have you yep. can you not that we want to spoil yeah, it but no, can no, you no, mention a few bits drops. yeah yeah cool uh Really, really good drops coming from Rogue Territory, 316. We have got stuff coming from AJ, Knickerbocker MFG. He doesn't, he's a New York-based guy. He's coming on the podcast, met him in Berlin. Absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Uh, got on with him straight away. I'm not saying too much about that now, but there's uh, his stuff's good, and he doesn't actually distribute, you know, there's not that much in Europe, if any, at the minute. I think this might be first season. Or really? Winter. That's great. Yeah, so we've uh, we've been working on all that. And then the website. What a fantastic website it is. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which company built the website. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah we've... Uh, when I looked at it to start off with, being completely honest with everyone who was listening, was it was a bit iggledy piggledy. Mm. It was a little bit, you know, the user experience on it wasn't fantastic. <coughs> we tried so to we, DIY it. It don't yeah. work. Yeah. It so, don't work, does it? You get to a level and you need Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we've, I say we'd, we'd love to hear feedback on that. We've, we've not actually marketed the website out yet um, because, well, we, we've been busy um, to start with, but... If you're listening to the podcast first, there's a good chance that we've still not marketed it out yet. So <laughs> No, I think we're going to try and do it for this weekend, mate. Oh, this weekend? Oh, great. Yeah. So that'll coincide with the podcast going yeah. out. So that's cool. Uh, feedback, welcome on that from my side and, and Ben's because, you know, that's a um, that's a reflection on our work and, and also uh, a f- reflection on Clobbercam as well. So please let us know how, how that looks, guys. Um, any anything, any feedbacks, welcome, good or bad, you it's... know that. We just take it on chin. I'll just say, uh, I just want to say now that 
you'll find that the guy wearing the jeans on all the pictures is actually me. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that was not the intention. We tried twice. We tried with two different lots of models, uh, and we couldn't get the clobber cam thing across. And then yeah. I started getting feedback saying, well, it just needs to be like your Instagram. It should just be the same as Instagram. It should just be the same as what you do on your 10 at 10s. It's, it's not about having a model. It's about having guys wearing denim and blah, and blah. It's just blah. real then. It's just a bit more real, isn't it, rather than being polished. It's, and It's really weird. So in that sense, we've, cut, we've sort of took three steps back, but now we aren't even trying. The website's doing well. And it's really strange. I think yeah. that's because it relates back. Maybe yeah, that's... We, we've seen a lot of visitors coming in on a daily basis, which is great on the on the site because obviously we track all the analytics. Um, and what? An- analytics. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Something else I need to learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, but that but that's cool. That's really good good to hear. Yeah. Um, just jumping back, you're talking about autumn winter and things like that as well. Yeah, mate. You mentioned RGT. Yeah. That is the brand that's got me now. Oh, yeah. It's it's properly got me. RGT um, boy. Love it. Really, really, really like it. And would yeah. you say, Ben, that that's like a a nice or a very easy entry into this world? In terms of... Like the, <clears throat> the styling of the clothes. Um, I don't think it's an easy entry because the price points, I mean, it's worth it, but you pay... A little bit more for our, like our RGT jeans are about two two five in store. Yeah, you can get a Tellison, you can get a Naked and Famous for up from one fifty to one ninety. So in terms of a guy walking in with a set budget and buying some, but when people try RGT on, they seem to find that extra little. Bang, yeah, I get yeah. it. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I do, for have, me, I do have this extra 50 quid actually, yeah, and that'll yeah, be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just exactly. eat beans exactly for a week. That's exactly how it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm an RGT fanboy, to be honest with you as well. And we've got Carl and Leslie coming on in a couple of weeks when you get back. Are they RGT? Yes, Carl, Carl and, and Leslie, Leslie sounds like... husband and wife oh. that direct us at, you know, Brilliant. company, oh, Awesome, awesome. That's, that's so. fantastic. Have you got through this diary yet to tell us who's on after Amy? I'm doing rubbish. You know oh, that 15, so it'd be 15th, wouldn't it? It definitely it will. Oh, no, yeah. we've got Carl and Leslie from RGT oh. on 12th. You're back on 12th, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, fi- I'm fine yeah. for that, yeah. And then on 15th, it'll be Kelly from Dawson Denim. Cool, great. So I've got you twice that week, Glenn. That's fine, absolutely Clear fine. busy travelling schedule. I like how you've come prepared for this and you've got your head around that, you know, we can't edit it down. It's right. We're, we're away. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, that's the intro knocked off. A bit of an update on Clobbercam, uh, the website, the new stock coming in. Um, I've put my name down on some Red Wings when they come back in store as well. I ordered them is, for you this week, mate. Thank you. And um, bought three new styles in for autumn winter. Yeah, I was going to mention about the new styles on, on the Red Wings. Uh, I saw on your Instagram, they, they look really, really nice. Oh, yeah, we brought the um, rough out Mokto in. That's coming really, in now. Really, really nice. Really uh, nice. The autumn winter ones, I've gone for three darker boots. They're good, though. I'll, I can't really go into it because it's still spring, so we'll wait. But yeah, yeah, of course. But I've gone... You'll like... I've gone for what? 8138. 8138. To me, that's the darker ones. <laughs> <laughs> 8138, apparently. But yeah, cool. I can't wait wait to, to see them um, get bashed in a bit because I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on podcast one, that they were the original Red Wings that I purchased before I actually come into your store and I sent them back because I really, really didn't like them. 
And then I went with the... Eights and fives. Yep, I was just about to say that. <laughs> Rolling off, just off tip of my tongue. Um, but I, I saw Sean's um, dark ones, and I thought, they look mint. So I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself a pair of them. So that that's cool. So that's been my next purchase um, at Clobber Calm. Another purchase that I've got as well, Ben, was yes. the Barnes & More um, leather, yeah, yeah, leather one piece. Yeah, one of the uh, key fobs. Well, it's really? like it's a bit longer than a key fob. It's like a large key fob. But yeah, it's good. Really it's good nice. for your uh, door buzzer in your nice offices. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, cool. Um, I'm happy with that intro. Are you, Ben? Yeah, let's just... Uh, let's game your ring. Yeah, let's game your ring. Let's get a clobber cast tipple first. Brew. Do you want one? Yeah, go on then. Cool. Nice one. Hey, Amy, how you doing? Really well. Hi, Ben. How's it going? I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Absolutely fine. Tell us, uh, where are you right now? I am in my little tiny, tiny studio apartment, but looking out on a beautiful sunny day. There's some clouds, actually. We have some clouds oh, in the sky. Oh, some clouds. <laughs> and palm trees. And yeah, beautiful view of Los Angeles. And it's, what time is it? It's 10, no, it's 11 in the morning. 11. So and I've got my cup of tea. I've got my British tea. Have you? Uh, do, do you make sure yeah, you've oh, got that everywhere you go, the British tea? It's really funny because, um, yes, I do. And also um, because, you know, when you're a kid and you say you're into frogs and everyone buys you frog things, yeah. I, people <laughs> buy me, every time someone comes over, I get tea bags. So I've got too much. So like I have way more tea than I need right now I've got like I could open the tea shop it's ridiculous it's... but um yeah I always make sure I've got I do Yorkshire Dear, really uh, well there you go that's the best uh, yeah the best, best kind I suppose being Yorkshire kind. lads exactly exactly yeah so Yorkshire tea uh is def- and I have like various different varieties of Yorkshire and uh you know for hard water for soft water you know all, wow. the, all, all of the Yorkshire blends really <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sorted. but you can but I, I, I don't need to get it on Amazon because everyone brings it to me. Everybody so. brings them over to you. That's it. When, in yeah. fact, it's nearly your birthday, isn't it, Amy? When's it your birthday? Tomorrow. Yeah. Two, happy birthday. Yes. Yeah, don't ask me how old I am. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'll not do that, but what I will ask you is you have to guess how many tea bags you're going to get for your birthday. <laughs> exactly. How many boxes more of tea? Yeah, it's funny. I think as you get older, though, you get more and more disorganised with your birthday. I can it dawned on me about two days ago. I was like, am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah of course yeah. you can. Oh, swear. yes, I think I've already asked you this in, in, in the past because <laughs> it's something I struggle with. Um, but yes, I was like... <laughs> it's a problem. I was like, shit, what am I going to do? So, yeah, I've um, been uh, last minute. I'm going to go to a... Um, an old Hollywood, uh, it's where La La Land was, there's a couple of scenes in La La Land that was filmed there, and um, it's like a old school kind of, um, lots of dark booths and like steak and creamed spinach and stuff like that, very, very American. American, yeah. Yes. Sounds yeah, amazing. <laughs> Isn't it weird, are, the, uh, are stuff like that Americans really romantic to us Europeans? It, uh, Big time. It is, yeah. isn't it? Like you know, like you, you. I mean, you're living dream, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's uh, That's you, it. yeah, it's incredible. But they're the same. They're the same with Europe as well, though. It's funny because I think you know, I love America and I, I love the sort of it's all fifties and mid-century and all of that stuff. 
um, that's very, very LA, especially. You know, I mean, all the old cars here, all the old signage, the gas stations, all of that stuff. I love it. But they, you know, they get obsessed with European history, and now I can see why. I didn't really used. To, I didn't. I don't. I don't think we take it for granted. Um, but you know, I don't know. I was at Waterloo Station a couple of years ago, and I think I've been spending quite a lot of time over in LA. Yeah. And I was like, actually, Waterloo Station is old. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. But we take it for granted. I don't think I'd ever really looked around and realised how beautiful um, Europe is and England is. Um, but did, uh, now, did you grow I, up now in London? I'm a tourist. Say what? Did you grow up in London? Uh, no, uh, southwest of England, uh, near Glastonbury Festival. Ah, <laughs> oh no, it's, it's mega down there. I love it, me. I used to go down there quite a bit with my previous job before I got into the denim world, and it was. Uh, oh really? Yeah, the well, I used to have to visit uh, Glastonbury. Well, I don't know. Is it a town centre, a city centre? Yeah. I, I don't really know what it is. <laughs> But that street where nobody wears shoes is unbelievable. You know, there's places that are like kind of hippie-ish, but yeah. I feel like Glastonbury's like it's next the epitome. level. That it's is like, next level, in it? If you think you're a hippie, go to Glastonbury and they will teach you. Yeah, get put not. in your place. It's the only place I've ever been where you can go into a co-op supermarket and buy cider in a petrol tank. <laughs> it's like it's actually in a petrol <laughs> canister. <laughs> Apple cider. It's, it's serious stuff that's grumpy. Yeah. No, I grew up on that, and it's funny because I can't drink cider now because cider to me just smells of like fourteen-year-old boys. Yeah. yeah, I'm exactly the same. It was yeah, white lightning up now. Like, but... Yeah. Oh. oh my god. Anyway, this <laughs> Which is why Glenn's here. Hey, we need to bring it back in. Bring it back in. <laughs> to, to be fair, Dom and I from Red Wing, we just went off on football for ten minutes. So yeah, you did. You're, so allowed, you're allowed. allowed your cider yes. and hippy well, moment. Well, That's okay. completely fine. <laughs> we're allowed on So I'm gonna. I, I will draw it back to where we wanted to start, Amy, because I think people yep. will be really interested. Obviously, we've got the whole denim dude thing that we're going to touch on. Uh, and obviously, you released denim dudes and it was a massive success. But before we get to that, so you grew up in southwestern England. Yes. What, what did you, what were your education? Study, what did you yeah. study? Yeah. What, what's the story behind that? So I was, as a kid, like I was definitely into fashion and design. And mm-hmm. it's funny because when I was, um, I'm being, being a you know young girl, I used to like make my own dresses and things like that and, uh, for the school dance and stuff. And um, and I honestly at that point was like, I wanted, to, I knew I wanted to study fashion. Um, and I was thinking at that age, you're kind of like, I want to be a dress designer. I can't remember who, like in those days, I guess it was things like, I don't know, like Max Mara and stuff like that, like yeah. fashion-y fashion, like dress. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because growing up in the country, all I'd wear is just like I was total tomboy, roughing it about in jeans, in overalls, um, you know, mucking about on farmland. So I yeah. was definitely not a dress kind of girl. But when you're young, you just you know what you want to do, but you, you actually don't know yourself that well, right? So yeah. I went to university um, in London. I went to London College of Fashion to do my foundation. And then I went to Kingston University to do my degree in fashion design. And it's funny when you even look back at the work that I was doing at that time. We yeah. did this competition with uh, Levi's and Timothy Everest. And, you know, I was, you know, top of the class for that and um, did really well at that. And what and did I you did have to another... do for that, Amy? What did you have to do for um, that? <laughs> Like the sketchbooks for this my so it was basically timothy everest obviously is like 
the you know British tailor, and he, funnily enough, they did this. I, I swear they must do this with a lot of university projects. They were doing this collaboration, Levi's and Timothy Everest, and it came out, I think, like about a year later or two years later or something. I swear they were probably using us for like, oh, what should we do? I know, let's <laughs> see what the kicks in, kicks in the university students think we should. So it was obviously like tailoring and denim. And randomly, I don't even know why I got inspired by this, but it's weird. It was all about fairy tales and stuff. And so I did quite a romantic collection. I had this beautiful kind of like tailored, so- softly tailored uh, denim jacket that I bleached. I bleached it down. So, And it's funny that in those days, you're kind of like working out as a student, like, how do you do, do things? And I realized that heat activated bleach, and I had no idea. And so, you know, I was trying to like bleach out in those days of course you're doing you're doing your own clothes a lot and you're like bleaching things and and i realized that if you put an art you do bleach you know you put bleach on and then you put an iron over it the heat kind of activates it so i, I didn't was know like, that till now I, yeah well I, I literally just discovered it just by messing around i guess and so i to bleach because obviously the thing is, is you can leave a jean in a bath of bleach for you know two hours and of course it will go white but it'll also like destroy right you know it, it, it does all it cotton doesn't it yeah 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 so it'll break down and eat into the cotton and then and then of course like i've got a pair of jeans from that era from i think literally when i was doing that project i think they're diesel um, <laughs> and um and I bleached them down, and then I like drew like hand drawings over them and stuff like that. But they, but they, they like you know the knees go and the you know the crotch got you know because it's just weaker. So to avoid that, you have to like speed up the process of you know bleaching this uh, jacket. So I would run to the laundrette and throw it in the dryer. Really. Um, and put it yeah, and I felt really bad because I was like, if anyone puts their stuff in after that, like I wonder if all the bleach is gonna come. <laughs> when you're like. 19 you don't really care no. um, and so yeah so I remember that really clearly like literally putting this like tailored jacket into the bath for a bit and then like putting it in a bag and running like five minutes down the road to the laundrette putting it in this um dryer so yes the the collection was kind of like a, it was almost like a three-piece um like a, a jean a, a jacket and a waistcoat kind of situation but um but then kind of romanticized it had all these like little weird fairies and it was naff now it was well, well it was just but, very glastonbury <laughs> dream catches and feathers yeah it was actually you're right so there you go like the inspiration of my youth so um so anyway, we would do projects like that, and we would do, you know, basic white shirts and, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, my final collection was no denim at all. It was um, based on the photography of Martin Parr. You know that guy who's – he does, like, very, very British, um, like, really high-contrast, colourful um, photographs of, like, the great British seaside and all this, you know, like, car boot sales and stuff like that. What's it called and then again? I mixed – um, Martin Parr, um, P-A-R-R, I think it is, Martin P-A-R-R, and, um, and it was based on that, and then it was the silver, uh, the, ju- not silver, the golden jubilee of, um, I'm not that old, um, golden jubilee <laughs> of the Queen, <laughs> um, and I, it was based on, like, Martin Parr and the Queen, and so it was, like, tailored and, like, loads of houndstooth, and, and, um, and then, like, I used kind of, like, um, PVC plastic, um, 
uh, what's it, uh, like tablecloths and stuff like that for jackets. And um, so it was very, very like, like cheesy British. So no denim at all. But funnily enough, when you look back at your portfolio and your work and your drawings from university, all of my projects that were strong were like casual wear and jeans wear. And I didn't feel, I didn't know that at the time. I couldn't, I wasn't like, I guess, like attuned enough to like realize that that was my strength. But yeah. clearly it, it definitely was my handwriting. Um, so that was uni. And then um, it, after uni, it was difficult because Kingston was a great university and had really good links with the industry. Yeah. But I couldn't get a job for a good two years. And I was like working as a waitress, working in stores, doing yeah. doing like, you know, a bit of interning here and there. But I wasn't one of, you know, some people have got a lot of money and can intern for, yeah. for free. I, know but, you know, I wasn't one of yeah. those. So I was really sort of struggling. And then my first job, which I always think that your first job often defines what what happens afterwards, yeah. Um, yeah. was Okini. Okini. Um, and Okini is um, it's still going to this day, but it's a different beast now. Mm-hmm. But Okini basically is, I guess, you know, obviously Kobakam and all all of the kind of like Red Wing purist dudes. Mm-hmm. That's much more heritage, but. It is the same kind of guy. This was in like 2002, 2000, yeah, 2002, I think, 2003. Okay. I think, would it have been? Something like that. Um, and it was it was the, the bloke, basically. And yeah. it was, um, what they did was very unique. They were a bit too ahead of their time. And it's a shame because it was an, a really interesting time and a really interesting concept. The idea was... It was all online only, which was a bit early for doing that. Um, And it was all limited edition collaborations. So their main thing was they had a rolling thing with um, Adidas. And um, so you'd get these limited edition Adidas uh, sneakers that were only, you know, like available, um, you know, on the site. Um, And they would sell out. Like, I've got a few pairs now. So that's a good contact, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So there was that. Um, there was around that time Eversu was pretty big so Eversu was another one yeah. um, Levi's was another big one yeah. um, I worked on one with Lee Jeans I'm trying to think who else but various different and it wasn't you know it would it would just be it could be jeans where it could be a, a bag it could be like yeah like I say like a lot of sneakers and um, it was very varied so your and, job was um, desi- helping design these design, collaborations yes so it was okay so basically yeah, Okini was very small it was literally it was founded by um, Paddy Meehan who was like the creative guy behind it who was obsessed with Japanese culture so that's why it's called Okini I don't know where were you from where were that guy from um, yeah, now that's the thing. <laughs> I can't remember his background now. He's one of these apparel dudes who's like done a lot of stuff. I think he lives in Japan again now. Okay. Um, but I'd have to I'd have to look on his LinkedIn page. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he was really bright, really cool guy. And again, like I think the idea was a bit too ahead of its time. Sorry, mm-hmm. someone's texting. I think you could probably hear that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all right. We can. It's fine. Oh, good, good, good. Um, so yeah, basically. Um, then it was him and this guy called Ben Banks, and Ben Banks um, ran a uh, company called Full Marketing, and still does, um, and they distributed Eversu. Um, I think they did. They, they definitely had a really good uh, relationship with Adidas. I can't remember why. Um, so so they were kind of like sort of half in the, you know, they were in the apparel world, and they would, you know, have press days and blah, 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 and, um, and had all of these other brands under their umbrella. And this was like their kind of 
fun project on the side. Right, okay. So because yeah. of that, there was a guy called Morsin Sajid who has a um, company called Endrime, um, mm-hmm. denim brand called Endrime. Of course. Um, and he was guys and I was women's. And it wasn't, it was quite a dude centric um, website, but we did do women's as well. Right. And so it was my, it was my first job straight out of uni. And what was funny is usually you go into a bigger company and you're like a junior designer. And with us, it was just like Lawson and I just going, okay, let's do it. Da, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and literally, you know, we were sent to factories and like just learn really fast on the job because there was I mean no we were with these, <laughs> the yeah, that's it Think we were working with these big brands and like you know okay we've got to do production for a limited edition Levi's collaboration mm. okay like mm. you know it was quite a lot I remember once going to a um uh, an aqua scooter meeting and basically they were just they were not happy they were like really like we were doing this collaboration and they were not happy and um basically we were two kids you know we were like 23 or something yeah and sitting around and like like you're telling us your age now amy just so you know oh yeah i am <laughs> 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 i giving it away yeah. um but yeah they were like they would they were just like, what's going on? We don't know. And we were just like, we don't know either. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, to but pull. it was an amazing learning experience because, you know, we were chucked in the deep end yeah. and we probably shouldn't have been doing half the jobs we were doing, but we were. And it was a great experience. And to, also, you're of both course, doing really well now, well. though. So that experience yeah, we, we, is, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I'm still a good friend of uh, Morsons and see him quite regularly, actually. Of course. Um, and, yeah, we've been through an awful lot, me and Morsons. My goodness, like, yeah, like, um, got a few, like, stories from back in the day. But, um, yeah, it was um, it was a really special time. And what was great is, of course, it was jeanswear. And so, you know, I was learning more. I didn't work on the Levi stuff because I, I started at the company just after I think they, yeah. you know, put everything into production. But I was like main fit model, like trying things on and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I've still got some samples from those days. And I'm sure they'd be kind of collectible because we, yeah, there were a hundred of these jeans and, um, and uh, you know, everything was like specially designed and, you know, yeah. even the buttons were like, so it was, yeah, it was, it was very cool. And I got to experience a lot of stuff firsthand. Um, and I was there for maybe, I think like two years, three years. And the defining moment, which I have like probably talked about in uh, interviews and stuff before is we did this collaboration with Duffer St. George and they wanted to do like the ultimate tee, the ultimate sweatshirt, the ultimate jean. And basically, um, they, again, I was young. I didn't know about Cone at this point. Yeah. Um, it was the designers, obviously, at Duffer who were like, if we're going to do the ultimate jean, we do it at Cone. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's cool. What do we do? Um, and, um, co- co- who's Cone? And Cone, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's just like, okay, so basically, I, at that point, you know, I was quite junior, so I was still like, the, um, the guys at um, Duffer designed it. I mean, it was a very basic five-pocket jean. Um, then we, you know, like, I, I was in all of the design meetings, but I wasn't coming up with the ideas. But it was just like uh, the Duffer St. George, um, you know, logo on the back patch. And I think they wanted to do it in a horse hide, you know, borrowing from Lee. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, all these kind of, like, little nods and references, you know. And I expect... 
I'm sure that it was based on like a Levi's 501 or something like that, you know, I'm sure it was something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the, the selvage denim, obviously white oak um, cone denim, um, and we went for a yellow selvage, I think it was, which in retrospect, I think was a bad move because it was just the one line of yellow. It wasn't like yeah. a full yellow selvage because right, in those okay. days, I don't think you could even do that. Um, and now I'm just like, because oh, it kind of got lost. It wasn't bright enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, whatever. Um, we did it. I worked on it. And part of that is I got to know Cone. Yes. And at that point, it was Kara, who's still there. Um, and Ralph Tharp. Still Ralph there now? Was, is um, Ralph isn't. Kara is. Um, but Ralph was old. Ralph was like at that point. I mean, I shouldn't estimate people's names, but um, people's ages, but probably like about 50, 55. Yeah, um, he'd been we'll with the company a long time. <laughs> and as of a lot of people at Cone, you know, people really like stage, you know. Um, Cone's gone though now, hasn't it? The white oak part has, yeah. Um, Cone itself is still huge. Um, oh, all right, tell, know, us, tell us about that, actually, because like... I'm learning something here, actually. I just thought that Cone was... Uh, was white oak yeah i did yes if i'm honest so basically i well this is why i love when i went we went what they did is they offered this sort of um uh i guess like deal or package to all of their clients that was um, a three-day denim course and you went out to greensboro in north carolina and you took this three-day denim course and you learn about the um you know the process of it from picking cotton all the way through you know to spinning the yarn to uh dyeing to weaving um you obviously got a tour of the plants um all of this stuff and then you got you did a little test on the last day and then you got a little certificate which i still have to this day and um and it's at that point obviously i learned about cone and i learned obviously that they were you know the white oak plant is where you're getting all of those draper uh, looms, which yeah. with you know the selvage um, draper yeah. looms, um, and that is a beautiful room. I, I mean, I don't know dimensions or anything like that, but it's this like big, quite big room um, full of these selvage looms. And at that point, we're talking like 2003 or four that we went to visit, and you know it was it was a weird time because it was quiet. Cone was quiet that you know you go, you go into like whenever you go and visit a mill you know you've got like um the lab where they do all the testing you know where they're where they're testing yeah. um even just um quality control of yeah. the strength and durability of like, all of these different things and like i remember we went into the lab and there was this chemist there and he was 80 and we were all going around and then so someone said you know, any questions for this guy and someone put their hand up and was like who is gonna do your job after you know, <laughs> you know you're gonna love it and he, he didn't have an answer and it was really surprised it was really sad yeah. like, you yeah. know what's gonna happen so we were doing this tour around this amazing you know legendary mill but they didn't feel it didn't feel like they were in a good place at that point and that's why i've struggled with the news that we've experienced recently because i've seen cone go from that to what it is yeah. today and like white oak and what it is today why is but white oak gone like that though amy in your opinion well now i know why because the thing is because the 80 year old croaks no 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 no, 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 no i'm joking no, no. i'm joking <laughs> sorry you carry on the guy and, you know, <laughs> yeah, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> Like, I do sort of 
know some stuff behind the scenes and I also like don't want to speculate and like and gossip but essentially but you're gonna... um, <laughs> I'm going through a little bit um, in a very polite way okay. um, basically I think you know what I noticed over the last or 10-15 years from when we went in to now White Oak has become more popular. All of these smaller brands, and even like Tellison, they're not that small anymore. They were tiny when they started. Yeah. All of these brands, these like one-man brands, who are, uh, you know, that have been ushered in, you know, by this the heritage movement, which has been really, really positive and a really great thing. But there are lots of little, little brands, and they're ordering little, little amounts. And I think the reality is back in 2002 or whatever it was Mm -hmm. i mean i don't even know i couldn't even tell you whether they were making more fabric in 2002 but i would assume so i think what it was bigger brands more everyday brands yeah were probably making more and the fact is is you can have you know a hundred small brands ordering small amounts but you need a big order and i think that's what the problem yeah was i always um, i always thought it would because maybe i could be completely wrong about this amy so i'm quite happy to put my neck on line uh, uh i always thought it would because for white oak that maybe levi's was such a big customer and as uh, uh manufacture and sourcing a product might have moved to other countries that that uh, sort of them big orders sort of left white oak am i right Probably a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't want to put point fingers on anyone in particular. I mean, you know, there's even Wranglers just down the road from them as well. And I mm-hmm. think it was a lot, but I think that was the tr- that's the trend, let's say, you know, mm. that's the movement. And the thing is, is, um, you know, those, those companies might still do it, a lot of bu- other business with Cone, but not with White Oak. And so that's the difference, you know, you're talking about. So Cone um, isn't going under cone is pretty big i mean i don't know the numbers at all but when i go and i go to a lot of fabric trade shows right so i see them every season at fabric trade shows and funnily enough cone has got you know uh, a mexican um, operation um and levi's do do a lot of business in mexico um and they've got a mexican operation and i think they've got a chinese operation as well so even like this denim mill this heritage denim mill has got operations in other countries and they obviously do a lot of business with um wider you know you know just like more more basic denim wide loom stuff um and of course you know because they're the original i'm sure that stuff is still really beautiful quality and 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 awesome and so actually probably sells pretty well because of the comb name um so white oak is just like when you go and visit there's all of these other like modern looms and you know with you know rooms and rooms of um modern technology and wider uh looms weaving thousands of millions of meters um and then there's the white oak plant which is where you're getting all of your beautiful old shuttle looms and you've got in there it's like a wooden floor and it's the you know it's the kind of like wonkiness of the floorboards that yeah that, that makes it work character. it's a brilliant video that actually on uh, youtube yes, if you watch it exactly it's really good and so that's that's what's that's what's closed it's still an absolute tragedy what? i'm still you know completely what, what, against it what's happened um, to the machines though amy i've heard that a lot of smaller businesses are buying them up and they, is this true they are not for sale oh this really is a sad thing 
Yeah, right, now this okay. is the sad thing, and I don't know, who knows what will happen in the future, because I still, still think when a decision like this is made, it's just like, it probably will take a lot of time to deal with the fallout and what they do. But essentially, I mean, we all know that the reason they actually closed it is because investors came in, right? And investors or investors or financial backers came in to Cone and basically... You know, as someone who is just like not going to like you and I would be like, no, we can't possibly close White Oak because we'd be romantic about it. And this is like, oh, it's hemorrhaging loads of money. Well, we don't care. You know, like you just keep going with it. And I think um, when I was uh, when I think it was announced and I put a post up on Instagram, I did liken it to Levi's and LVC because the LVC line probably it either loses the money or it probably doesn't make them that much you know what i mean it's just like they do it because of their heritage and they do it because they are levi's and they want to celebrate that and that's the way i view cone and white oak it's like cone can do all of its business in you know in china and mexico and and in the u.s of course they've still got a massive operation in the u.s and that's fine but white oak was its lvc in my opinion um but when you have money dudes walking through the door they don't care about that (laughs) what do you think about that Amy I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit what do you think about that well I just when it happened I just feel like it's it's when you knock down a you know a really important building buildings are protected for a reason and heritage and you know it's these things are protected for a reason and should be. And I, I know within the denim community, all of us lot who, you know, who love denim, would all unanimously agree that that's a bloody World Heritage site right there. You know, it's a frickin', it's the castle of denim. So, but but who's, who who should have protected that then? Who should have protected that? Like, yeah, that's the tricky thing. You too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you too should have protected it. <laughs> Amy, you've really let us all down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was that dude. It was that old 80-year-old dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you um, went. I don't know. Yeah, this is the thing. Because also, I even the Cone guys, you know, the people that I maybe know who worked for Cone, no one knew, and I think the, what was sad about it is, you know, when like a company's like declares bankruptcy, yeah. and they declare bankruptcy, and then someone comes in and buys them. But yeah. what's so devastating about the cone thing is the decision was made and it was announced and everyone you know i remember everyone saying like why doesn't levi's buy it because it's not for sale or what's happening for the Jay balloons they're not for sale like it's a it's like an internal decision and so that's what's so heartbreaking about it because mm. what, it, when what? The, the day that that you know the news was announced it's like it's over like you don't have any choice no. like it almost know, becomes like, a bit well, political they... by it sounds of it to be when honest when did it happen yeah. when did this happen it closed on 1st of January I think because I'm just sat listening something like that I know I was just, away yeah. and I got like they just said the last ro- the last metres of yardage has just come off the god that day they must have been bawling their eyes out hey yeah so sad I Especially mean honestly watching... the people who work for Cone are so passionate and so like you know I Cara um, who is a friend I've known her since since 2003 or whenever it was when we started working on this stuff for St George Project and I had a dinner with her um, after it happened you know maybe a month after it happened in, in New York where she lives 
And, you know, she was, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but, you know, she was like, we cried for like a week, you know, mm. uh, absolutely devastating. It's just like losing a family member, you know, it's just like absolutely devastating. Um, mm. So I do, you know, I what I don't know, like what's going to happen next. I mean, this is what she said, did say, and I don't think this is like classified information. Um that they're not for sale, the Draper Looms, because at the end of the day, and I can see it from I can see it from Cohen's point of view, but I also, I, as a denim lover, don't agree. But from Cohen's point of view, you know, if they sell those Draper Looms, people are going to be like, we're running, our, you know, they can't say it's Cone White Oak, but you know, they're mm. we're running the Cone White Oak Draper Loom mm-hmm. denim, and you know, there are a few you know, like little mills in in um, America who could buy all of these looms up or, you know, somebody else like an investor or whatever, buy them all up and set something, a little renegade cone, cone denim <laughs> operation. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that would be a lovely story and we would all buy into it. And I think on that level and that scale, you know, it would work and, and the telesums of the world would be able to buy from them and it all would be great. But from Cone's point of view, I can see that it's like, that's our heritage. That's 120 five years or whatever it is um and we can't we if we they're happy to let it else, go is what you're saying up, yeah, and they're it's, happy and to let it go how they sell it and how they you know it's almost like selling you know your brand name and somebody else is is is, is making money off your brand name and they can do whatever they want and, and, just, and they uh, may not i'd have just sold them all to tony patella he's a eight boy and i just said come on tony you can have all my machines who's tony yeah uh, and, and then he oh yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. But there you go. That's uh, what sort of value would it be for something like that? I if somebody don't know. like, how, how would That's you value the first it? Thing I thought when you said Tony, I was like, I don't think he's got the money, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sat here thinking, I'm not too much money watching <laughs> baseball. That's the truth. Like, we all chip in, uh, you know, between the months of May and June, maybe he might be able <laughs> to, might buy be able to budget it for us, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dear, I don't know. So, I have no idea, yeah. I, I would imagine fucking a lot. I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, me and you are going off on one again, Amy. I can see you. Uh, and so, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna rain it, rain it back into we know <laughs> what you studied, we know how you went on, we know what your first job was. Uh, yes. I can, Glenn's sat with the denim dude's book on his lap. Uh, I mean, I could talk to you about it all day as well, but what I'm going to do is, Glenn's, we did this on purpose, Amy, Glenn's opened this book twice, and that's exactly, I've told him to stay away from it, and now he's got it on his lap, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So I'm going to let him just take the lead a little bit with it. I have no idea where he's going to go with it, but I'm also interested. So let's uh, go on then, speak. Well, for me, like... I love it. It's put together graph like graphic design is my thing. He's a marketeer. Marketeer yeah, and all that oh, sort of perfect. Interesting. I love the I love the paper as well, to be honest. <laughs> I love the paper stock. I love it all. I love all uh-huh. the photography. Um for me, I've kind of really picked out my two favourite denim dudes while oh, yeah. while while I've been really quiet there for the last half an hour, I've just literally gone through and picked out my two favourite denim dudes. Um Excellent. Do you have a favourite denim dude in the book, or is yes. there is there a is there a, is there a top three? Do you want to be do you want to be diplomatic let about me, this, or me, do you want to just go straight in let for number me coordinate. one? I'm going to pull from mine off the shelf and just remind myself. But do I mean, it. one's coming to mind. I do have a favourite, but there might be a few for different reasons. Um, 
Do you know every dude? Do you know every dude in book? Well, what's funny is uh, <laughs> so it's a I mean, in a way, it's a strategic book because I knew most, but there's mm-hmm. people I didn't, and you know what? I do now. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Good and that's what's been lovely. You know, like Adriano, yeah. for instance, Adriano Goldschmidt. Obviously, we all know Godfather of Denim. I remember one time. Um, you won't remember this at all, but I was at a party in Italy. It was like. Um, it was um, put on by Isco, the, um, I think it was Isco, yeah, I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah Isco, um, I hope it was now, because I'm about to, like, yeah, but anyway, um, and it was just, like, this denim panel discussion, and, like, it was Catherine Hamlet, it was Adriana Goldschmidt, um, I think it was um, Fiorucci before he died, um, uh, Jason Denham, I think, was there, I can't remember, it was, like, a few, like, key denim uh, figures, yeah. and, um, and, he he there's this guy called Piero Turk who is also in the book um who uh is an absolute legend he's like one of these like lesser known dudes but he's you know like within the niche industry behind the scenes he's a big name yeah. and he's a good friend of Adriano's in fact they grew up together and Adriano is the reason Piero is in, in denim and um and if we were at a party and Piero was there and I was like oh Piero could you could you introduce me to to Adriano please you know because I'm like oh, I'm a big fan and um and Pierre was like, sure. <laughs> but he literally just said, hi, Adriana, this is Amy. And this is, I think, I'm guessing, yeah, this would have been way before the book came out. I was just like, I was just working at the time um, at WGSN or Star, so I can't remember which, but doing trend forecasting for Denim. And, um, and that's why I'd been invited to this event. And I was just like, oh, hello, really pleased to meet you. And he was very nice. He said, like, hello. And he shook my hand and then just turned away. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> hello, goodbye. Nice to meet you. See you later. So, um, so it's funny because actually now when I see Adriano, oh, he's like... You know, he's a lovely guy. He is very warm and, and very nice. And he does have time for people. He probably just was like, you know, in the middle of a conversation. He has time for people that release books that's got him in them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now with best friends. No, I think, you know, I probably, I, I probably picked, a, you know, it was probably a bad moment because he is a good guy. But, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting how, like, now he's so sweet. Now he says, he said something to me recently that was so nice. He was just like, you know, what you've done for the denim industry, you know, because I never really saw it that way. I just more saw it as like, it's an inspirational book. I'm inspired by these guys. I think it would be great. I think other people would be inspired by them. But a side project product of that is this lovely thing that like, I'm giving people credit they deserve, you know, and I not really yeah. thought about that at the time so much. Yeah, I've more I just that. done it because I was inspired and I wanted to share the inspiration. But you know what Adriano was saying was you know what you've done is good is great for the industry and I was like oh I'd not really even seen it that way so anyway I've digressed um as, as <laughs> always um my favorite denim dude is Miles Johnson he is paid 157 and the reason being is I think and I think this is why it's interesting like talking about this like with you guys because what I, who I am and what I do in my day job is is slightly different from denim dudes and the Instagram and all of that. And, and that is the trend part. So, yes, my background was design and Okini was quite geeky. And I learned all about authenticity and salvage and all of this stuff. And I am a total geek and love, you know, I <laughs> fabric is one of my favorite things um, and weave and all of that geeky stuff. 
But essentially, I'm a trend forecaster. So I'm looking at like hot new emerging brands and, you know, stuff that's probably your listeners would be like that's a load of bullshit you know i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that where does your heart sit within it because i uh i struggle uh obviously i mean i've just got a store in sheffield and that is what it is and i'm working to build that up but i uh me i'm like uh i am quite narrow-minded so i'm really sort of like i I, I want like blokey stuff that you can kick Mm. shit out on and it looks better and i know that that's that's like Although I understand it all, I know that I'm probably into a small percentage of it, but that's just how I feel. How, yeah. how you know, what's your take on mm. denim? Because I think that, I mean, I came from a vintage wholesaler, so vintage denim, that's what got me into it. And then mm-hmm. as I got into it, I then realized what raw denim was, and now yes. that's where I am. That just, that just happened organically. But what is your take Amy Leverton's take, nobody else, your take on denim. What 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 do you think of it? Like what is your stance? Yeah, my shall we say? Or my, Yeah, I yeah, reckon. I mean it's difficult because th- this is what I mean, because I well, I've always been, I guess because I've been a fashion designer and I started like by pouring over like images in vogue and stuff like that. I've got these, like I say, it is quite two sided. It's like the, the built to last, the heritage and everything that comes with that. And I think that, like you say, with vintage, I'm a huge fan of vintage and I buy, you know, most of my clothes are vintage and, um, and I love that aspect. And I think those two things go hand in hand because essentially the way that things were made in, you know, uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s was inherently better than it is today. Yeah. Um, in so, general, yeah. In general, yeah. So I would say that, yes, um, I that's that's where my I guess that's where I, my taste level is as far as what I what I think is good and right in the world and like what we should all be doing. Okay. Um, but the, I've got this magpie part of myself, which you know, at the end of the day, I think you know when you choose a career and you choose a job, you you got to do what you're good at. And I know that what I'm really good at and what I love doing is new, 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 like finding the emerging new brands, um, the emerging trends. I, I, I haven't done it actually yet. I haven't looked at all of the runway, but I will. And I love that. I love looking at new ideas, new ways of designing stuff, inspiration, 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 like constantly looking for new ideas. And, you know, as a kid, I was always like, you know, uh, drawing and designing and making and like, you know, embroidering stuff and beading stuff and all of that stuff because I, I'm creative. So if I see a new idea, it doesn't matter where it's come from. It doesn't matter if it's like an emerging brand that's really fashion driven and more trend driven and, um, or, you know, like some weird, obscure something that I find in Japan or whatever yeah. that's new. Like, so what's funny about me is my. I got it's, it's two it's two opposing forces almost you know yeah yeah um, and definitely I'm always is. trying to marry the two in a way because um, whenever I'm like talking to clients or whatever you know I want to get excited about the newness and and what the kids are into and like you know honestly like what the newest band is and why that's going to influence culture or social media or whatever all of that stuff fascinates me and I love reading about that stuff and I, that's actually what I do for a living. I um, I agree I agree I can I. Uh... I, 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 th- I hmm, let me just look, get my tongue. I actually think that you uh, sit on the fence perfectly. 
in that. Yeah, well, I think that book does, if I'm honest with you, because let's. I don't sit on the fence. I'm definitely more. Uh, you like blokey. Like. Yeah, no, I'm a blokey. Yeah. But well, just in, as, as an example, Amy, your opinion uh, would be good on this. So for me, the, there's fashion and then there's style. For me, they're, they're two different things. So if I look at, uh, let's have a look at Red Wing, which is obviously a brand that I really support. Yes. But Charles Beckman weren't into fashion, were he? When he created yeah, Red Wing. Do you get what I mean? But now, yeah. but that's style, so that's lasted. If you look at Levi yes. Strauss, I don't, I don't think he were into fashion. Mm-hmm. He created style. Uh, and so that's just the, yeah. the way I go with it all. And I find it really yeah. interesting how you do marry the two together. Uh, yeah, because I want to have a certain amount of inspiration because, um, you know, I might offend some of your listeners now, I might even offend you, but... No, no, the, I the think heritage, it's interesting. Yeah, like the heritage... Um, honestly, heritage is, as a trend, if, if we're going to call it a trend, which I know a lot of people are like, that's not a trend, but if mm. it was a trend, which it, here's the thing, we all know that Topshop, Top Man or whatever picked up on it as if it was a trend and then dropped it as if it was a trend. So it is a trend in a way. Yeah. But heritage... The style, been, the, the silhouette's a trend, isn't it? This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, as a movement, is probably the single most important and most awesome movement of the last 20 years because it's made people start thinking about quality again, which yeah. we need to do like okay. because it's got ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, like you say, it's, you know, style and lifestyle and, 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 and ethos, a brand ethos is really, really important. Um, and then the, the problem is sometimes, gosh, you know, like I, I guess as a designer, when I used to get really excited, the stuff I used to get really excited by was creating mood boards and sketchbooks and all these initial ideas. That's your artistic that was the stuff side. that got me excited. Yeah, yeah. of course. And, That's your flair. Um, sometimes when I worked in trend <laughs> forecasting, I would think, you know, like, I mean, I do still, I mean, I'm a trend forecaster by profession, I guess, but um, yep. now I'm working just with clients. So, you know, when I'm working with a client, we can talk about sustainability and, and transparency and, and, you know, practices. And I, w- I did do that a bit at uh, um, the companies I worked for, but generally what you're churning out is new 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 which is essentially saying make more make more make more yeah and that's you know and i was thinking i'm opposed to that you know i'm going to say where where does amy leverton draw the line where do you you're self-employed where do you where do you go into meeting and just go hang on a minute amy leverton doesn't do this 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 in this in my this in my game in America? Um, some, yes, and some, no. Okay. Um, they're really big. And and I was like, ah, ah you know, shit. <laughs> but then I realized that the low price was like for a hairband. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I talked to them uh, on the phone because uh, I, I think I've met a couple of them a couple of times at shows and stuff like that. And 
they're using, um, they've been trying desperately to use Candiani for a long time. And That's um, in Italy, isn't actually, it, for anybody that doesn't know? Candiani's... Yes, Candiani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candiani like a, I would say, actually, it's like, after Cone, it's like the, the probably yeah, I think the second... So. My yeah. eat dust, I've got an eat dust bloodline jacket, and I'm pretty sure that's Candiani Mills. It's Candiani, 14 yeah. hours. It's incredible. And they're great. I love those guys, and their, their mill is amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so this big company, what I'm saying is, I won't talk about it too much because I don't want to like give anything away, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying. Like, they were going in that direction. They're like, we want to make a gene that is, you know, good value for money, but with good quality hmm. manufacturing and yeah. good quality fabrics. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm interested, you know, like I'm interested, but there was a moment there when I saw that like low price and it was a really low price and now I realise it was for a hairband, so we're all right. Well, I wanted to sell a jean for two pound. <laughs> and I just thought that's, that's Primark prices and then I was like, I am not comfortable and it was the first time where I actually thought, okay, I can make a decision here to say no and I can say why, but it turns out that I don't, you know, that that probably won't be the case. Um, I haven't worked with them. We'll see okay. if I do, but like... I'll not cry um, so, too much on that one then. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, basically I think, you know, I feel much more comfortable now that I work for myself and not for, um, the, you know, because I was working in trend for like WGSN and Stars, like that are trend forecasting companies, and with that, you are, you're putting stuff out and, you know, Everyone's looking at it from, you know, from H&M and Primark, to, you know, through to, you know, Levi's or Prada, you know, everyone's looking at it. Um, so you just don't know. You have no control over what they're doing with your information and, and what they're making and how. Um, and now it's just me. You know, I can choose what, who I work with and how and what I say to them and what we work on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it a little bit easier to manage and I don't feel as bad about things. That's really interesting. <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's really good that we've uh, we've touched on that. I, I am going to have to hand you over to Glenn so he can grill you a bit on denim dudes, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, no. <laughs> hey, mate, I'll just, as soon as we've done podcast, I'll just give you a call on my way home and we can chat for another hour. <laughs> but uh, I am going to hand you over to Glenn. I was going to say Miles Johnson. The reason I was going to say Miles Johnson is because he's a total, he's on page 157 and he's a total denim head. He knows loads about, you know, the history of Levi's and all of that stuff. And there he is. And he's is got this LVC amazing designer. Mickey Mouse bag. And he's not there anymore. He's actually at Patagonia randomly now doing jeans for Patagonia. But I love his style because he's there and he's got his, I think he's got a capital coat on. Yeah. And he's, I think his shirt is all vintage Levi's and his beautiful old jeans. And then he's got a Mickey Mouse bag. And like, to me, <laughs> he sums up my my ethos that it's like it's not all completely purist it's not all completely there are not you know he breaks the rules a bit no and I no guess that's no what I, my do you know what is. right i uh I'm, we aren't taking it too much into social media i i think like you know in terms of building followings and stuff like that on instagram i think i were on like i got up to forty thousand followers before i'd even bought a pair of raw jeans like, you know, like, I, I did it all with vintage. I worked for a vintage wholesaler. I, I, I was oh, exposed to vintage denim. I did, yeah, 10 years at Glass Onion Vintage. It's it's one of the biggest wholesalers in Europe. They'll do up to 20 ton a week processing. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I built all, mine all started with vintage, oh, to be honest with you. Yeah, That's so, cool. Yeah. And then I, I sort of converted and then started going down that route blogging blah de blah and that's how i ended up you know well yeah yeah, opportunities just start 
Yeah. Right. And so I ended up working for what myself happened? and now I, I do what I do, but I can completely understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah. You know, about that, Amy. It's, I, well, I agree. It definitely is. But Excellent. anyway, yeah. over to Glenn. Cool. Over to Glenn. Glenn. I'll, uh, I'll be back in one <laughs> second. <laughs> um, yeah, so regarding denim dudes, I've, I've picked some out that I really, really like. Um, yeah. And I'd be uh, interested to know a bit more about these ones. Um, yeah. First of all is... Greg Chapman. Hey, Greg. What Hang a on. boy. I just found him. Where is he? Hang on. He's right at the beginning. Is he the first yeah, dude? Yeah. No, so he's, he's not first dude. Uh, yeah, Greg Chapman, page 14. And he's got yep. a, amazing tattoos on his yeah, hands. He he's got that, that lovely double-page spread. That is, like, probably yes. my favourite spread of the oh, book. Oh, he's a stunner, actually, isn't it? Yeah. What, 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 what's, it, what's his story? Do you know that? Um, well, he funnily enough, like he were, he lives in New York now, and I met him when I was working at WGSN. Yeah. Um, and he is definitely, you know, like more of a kind of um, menswear dude about town. And he was consulting for us a little bit. He would like he because he knew that sort of like heritage menswear scene really well. He um, did a couple of like reports um, for us from New York on that like on that scene and then i don't know yeah he's a northern guy i don't know where it, back, exactly he's from and then he's been in new york for whew, probably about 10 years or so now he's married to an american girl i think um i i see him all the time at trade shows oh, now, that's amazing but i don't know what he's what uh, someone told me what he was working on the other day and i've bloody forgotten what it is but he he's a bit of a mover and shaker that guy i feel like he's like again he's a bit of a consultant he works on like when we shot him here he was working for carter and sons and i don't know okay. what happened with carter and sons carter and sons was like another like really old brand that he was resurrecting um you know with all the old branding and signage and all of that stuff but then i don't think that ever came to anything or lasted or at least he didn't stay there I see. Uh, okay. but he's well connected like he knows in new york he like he hangs out with all the double rl guys and all of that stuff so he's a well-connected man about town that dude amazing and the, the second one i've picked out amy is if i can see it without my glasses on um Bryce Patouge. Ah, yes. Like he him. is very interesting. He's actually Bryce, Bryce Patouge. Oh, um, very flamboyant. Yes, <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, I was the same. I thought he was Bryce until he. Sorry, I, I sorry, sorry, Bryce. Oh no. He's very, very, very interesting. Very, very um, intelligent guy, actually. And I love, yeah, I love that you've chosen him because I, my ex was very into metal, and um, he was pretty excited when the photos came through. He's like, "He's got a picture patch." Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's probably why I picked him out. I can, I just looked. at like, yeah, he's definitely metal. I think I like yeah. him. <laughs> it reminds me of James yeah, Everett Scott metal. from the Eels. Oh, sorry. James Everett, James Everett Scott, is it from the Eels? Um, I don't know yeah, why, yeah. but for some He's reason, it just yeah, yeah, for definite. And anyway. is is yeah, that's my bit. Talk, talking about music, is is there a crossover between certain genres of music into the denim world? Yeah, I mean, I guess like. I mean, for him, certainly, you know, he's so into his music that I loved what he did with April 77 with the little, like, guitar pick and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's um, amazing. It's, you know, it was really cool detail. And I think all of his jeans, when you saw them in the store, they would come with, like, a record on them. Like, instead okay. of a hang tag, it would be a little tiny 45-inch, um, which that's is really cool. cool. 
Um, 45 inches, 45, no, it's just a 45, isn't it? 45 yeah, just a 45, massive. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 45 inches. Um, <laughs> that's a big record. That's a big guy's waist. <laughs> that, that is. Brock Lesnar wears that, Gene. shot perfecto into it as well which isn't denim it's leather but if you ask me like the perfecto jacket yes. I know it started with Marlon Brando went wild ones and that but for exactly. me personally like the Ramones were they were full on leather they were they? the music Ooh. that really propelled it in if you know I, well in my opinion that's anyway. it yeah and I think you know it's it's punk it's rock and roll all mm-hmm. of that stuff it's it, it, that's denim's kind of personality almost isn't it yeah. um, and I think um, and I guess as well, if you're going to talk about trend, I think that like you know, it's those guys. It's the the uh, I I actually wanted to go proper metalhead. In the book, I wanted. Um, I don't know if anyone's been to Japan and seen like the crust pants. Not me. Vibe. So basically, out there, I mean, they call them crust pants, but it's literally yeah, usually black, mm-hmm. and they are literally like. Uh, patched and patched and patched within like lots of little square black on black patches and like very kind of like shitty hand stitch like effects and stuff like that and then of course band patches on there as well and um, I wanted one of those dudes in in Denim Dudes and I didn't manage to get one which I was really pissed off about but um, I also wanted like a proper metalhead and and when Brees when Brees wore his, um, you know, jacket with dark throne patches and stuff like that, I was like, okay, I kind of did it. But I wanted, like, what I was trying to do was, like, uh, go to a metal festival and just get one of those guys with just, like, a jacket with so many patches on it. The other person, actually, as far as um, rock and roll and metal is concerned, is um, Fergus Purcell, um, who he's in the book as well. Is he the guy with the long, dark, curly hair, I think? Yes. Yeah, one two six, page one two six. Yeah, and all of those. (laughs) I've I've got, I've literally got the post-it note on the. (laughs) That's my third denim dude. That's him. I think it's, I think it's a band thing as well, though. With me, I'm I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I I can relate to that that, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. More than. Is it looks like it's been printed, but that it's all hand stitched. That it's nuts. Oh really? Um. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. But I've got. Yeah, I put because the thing is, it's difficult because there's lots of photos from the shoots, and I've got other photos of that where you, you know, it's a bit closer in, and you can see. I should have put in a photo so you could actually tell that it was hand stitched because it is, it's nuts. Um, yeah, he's a total dude. I love yeah. that guy. But um, I, I feel that yeah. I can relate to those sorts of people a lot more than other people in this book, and this is why yeah. I wanted to ask about the music side because 
as as cool of a, as a guy as Shogo Koika. Oh uh, yeah, 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 he's he's full on denim. Yes, it's like, on, it, well, it's, it's like heritage. It's not yeah, just denim; it's yeah. like heritage, and, and that's the difference, I think. So it's more than it's well, more than yeah. the denim. And I think when I was just, you know, when I was deciding who's put in this book, that was the one thing I was very aware of: not to have too many of these purest, purest denim dudes. And of course, you know, because they're going to wear the same thing, literally, yeah, some yeah. of them, literally the same thing. And that's why I put in some. Um, you know, younger kids and whatnot. I, I still like looking at it now. Of course, you you do get um, there's things you change. You know what I mean? Even when the book came out, it's like there's things in denim dudes as well that I'm like, I would like to put that person or this person. Um, but yeah, I almost think I could have pushed that a little bit more away from because I think heritage was so massive when I was doing it. But it was what a lot of people defaulted to. But um, <coughs> You know, maybe I could have pushed it and done it. You know, like the crust pant guy, man. I'd like really. I'm pissed. I don't know. <laughs> what you need to then. do is uh, denim dudes too. Two. I would love to. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely uh, denim dudes two times help with clobber cam. That'd be good. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I try. I hey, say it's worth it's a try, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's I really would love to. it's really funny, Amy, because see talking about the heritage uh, in the store in Sheffield in the north of England we sell more American brands than what we do Japanese uh, I know a lot of the American brands that we stock use Japanese fabrics so the, the quality is yes. there but if, if you take I mean I, I'm a bit of an advocate for it as well and I do push it and I talk about it too much so I don't I don't I'll not overdo it but the brands like Railcar 316 mm-hmm. RGT they're the ones that I can personally really get behind because yes. the user fabrics, the construction's solid, but they're yes. just a little bit slicker. They're yeah, a bit yeah. they're a bit tidier, yeah. it's a bit neater, it's a bit more Saturday night in town. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like where okay. and that's the everyday guy really. Do you know if if yes. we're actually gonna get into it, ninety percent of us want a jacket that looks cool as fuck. And if we've got yes. a bit of money, we'll buy one that looks cool as fuck and is made out of raw denim. That's exactly. that's how it is. So for me, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've learned all this. Oh, Amy, if I'm completely honest, the entire clobber cam thing. Every I'm going to turn into a bit of a fanboy. Uh, the <laughs> the inter- although I've seen your your eggs on your empty plate now, so technically we're mates, I think. But <laughs> so I don't need to be a fanboy anymore. <laughs> we can just be mates now. But uh, the uh, the everything I do now. Everything that I'm trying to do, my life as it is, which is just my little bubble, and you create your own little bubble and you live with it, and that's what Clobbercam is. For me personally, it's, it, you know, uh, all came from when the wife of my cousin handed me your book, Denim Dudes. No. 100%. Really? Yeah. When I were doing. Uh, Weird. When I were doing the. Uh, when I were working at Glass Onion Vintage, doing the vintage clothing, I was sales manager at Glass Onion Vintage, and that's a, a, a brilliant ethical company. I, I absolutely loved it. Like me, I, I chucked everything into it. We were processing so much clothes, so much denim, and uh, and, and other stuff, not just denim. Denim was just a part of it. We did everything, and I was just obsessed with clothing. And uh, my 
Uh, a girl called Sophie Hughes, who we mentioned last week, right? She, mm-hmm. You know, she needs another mention. Uh, said to me, Ben, I bought this really good fucking book, and I think you'll like it. You know, because I were always in alt denim pieces from work, and mm. I uh, I got that book and I opened it up, and that were it. A penny dropped for me. Hey, I was just like, way. hang on a minute, this this is starting to make sense now. I didn't even know it existed, although I I kind of knew that I loved it, but I didn't yes. know I didn't know what I loved. I just knew that I loved it, yeah, and yeah, and I didn't actually worry about it. (laughs) You know, like I just thought to me, saying, "I'm into this," although I don't know what it is. And then uh, she handed me your book and said, "I really think you'll like this, Ben." And I'm like, "Fuck!" Now it makes sense. Now I get it. Now I can. Now I can join all dots in my head. And uh, and from that, then I created an Instagram, which then, uh, well, the ten at ten blogs, which is just profiling. Uh, different influences from around the world, you yeah. know, just your average Joes. Well, that came from the book. Ah. I, know, I, I know it's a different format, obviously. And, yeah, no, 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 and, that makes sense. But, it, uh, but then I, uh, obviously, well, the 10 at 10, I, I get asked five times a week to do my own fucking feature. That's how many people copy. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, like, that's, that's fine. Yeah, We've that's moved it. on and now we do podcasts like you do. That's how it is. But uh, yeah. everything came from opening the sleeve of your book, Amy, so I suppose I owe you a thank you in my own, uh, well, in my own yeah, little northern way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really kind. But that's what I think is so funny about putting a book out. I have to say that you, I honestly, like, I remember when I thought of the idea and I wanted to do it, I was talking to my mum in the pub, actually, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was just purely thinking of it from a position of, this doesn't exist and it should do kind of thing. Um, exactly. And if, if, if anyone's going to do it, I, sh- I should do it because, I mean, with my day job, I was like interviewing all these people, seeing all these people, meeting them on a regular basis. And then I had access to photographers in all these different cities. And I was like, oh, okay, um, I can put the two together. So I thought, yes, there's a gap in the market. And yes, I should do it. But I think what's been really fascinating afterwards and like very heartwarming is the impact of putting a book out. Because you don't, I don't know why, but you don't really think of that. You just think, I want to do this and I think I should do it Yeah. but you don't think like I said when Adriano said that I was like God I don't think of it from other people's perspective no, opening you, the book like that you were thinking it from an artist's point of view it was yeah, something that you so. needed to get out of your system and, yeah, and so you, you did it it's amazing to think that you were inspired by that and you're doing what you're you know, or, or even that you were thinking it but then you, you opened it up and you're like ah you know that's amazing. Like that's. Yeah, that's oh, it's one hundred you know, percent the reason. It's one hundred percent the reason. There's there's no crazy. doubt about that. Like it was the th- it was the thing that made the uh, well, like I say a lot, the penny drop for me. Then I, yeah, then I, yeah. then I actually started to get it, and then once I started to get it, I then started to read about it, and when I started to read about it, I started to understand about raw denim and salvage and brands and. And then, yes. you know, then, well, I'm here now, and that's what I do, but... Yeah, it, the rest uh, of history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how long ago did you release the book, Amy? It's got to be three years. Yesterday was the three-year anniversary of my London party. And what happened yeah. was, I think it came out at Inspiration, at Inspiration in LA, the Rintanaka Vintage Fair yeah. that goes on once a year. I went out there and I sold a hundred books there, but they were, it wasn't in the shops at that point. I yeah. don't know exactly the day it went, it hit the shops, but it was three years to the day that I had the London party because mm-hmm. I was celebrating my birthday and the book. And, um, we did it in Bolt, London, this like motorcycle, um, 
uh, really cool yeah. kind of like big store with so, a big me- mezzanine. I was looking at photos. Funny enough, I'm going to put on my Facebook page today, actually. Um, when you were celebrating um, your 21st, yeah, three years ago. When I was ago. celebrating my 22nd, actually, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you're close, you're close. But, um, yeah, so it's funny, yeah, three years. And in a way, it's funny how long books take. It's quite boring. Um, I, I personally take... You know, if if this is my full time job, of course we get it done much quicker. Yeah. But I'm working with the different photographers, and I'm working with the different people, and the different time zones, and all that. And because I have to earn money, because there's not really much money in making books, so I earn no. my money in my day job. So I do it slowly, and I would say from my end, it probably takes me like a year and a half or so. But the book process is so slow. Like this, my next book has been done for probably like come going on two years now. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. It's just like, well, what it is is, well, it's a bit like fashion. What they do is they have to get it to a certain point that they can show, you know, images and blah, blah, blah and in their catalogue. And then the catalogue has to go out about nine months before they sell the, before right, okay. the, yeah, the sale of the book. So, you know, it's a bit like fashion in that way. It's almost like you, you, they have to go to a trade show with it. You know what I mean? So, the, so that happens. You have to have it like you have to hand it in like the full finished book then they put together a thing and put it in the catalog and like you might have just missed the deadline for their spring catalog and then you have to wait for that yeah, that's what happened okay. to me and then we waited for the full catalog and did you, you know, self did so, you self release it then or did you get a did no you... no so first book is through if you look on the spine there's a k that's yeah. um lawrence king um so they're a british publisher i was really lucky i had a friend who published with lawrence king and they put me, they just said, hey, you know, if you've got this idea for a book, that, you know, this is the girl, I think it was, um, she's not there anymore, I think her okay, name was Sarah or something. And um, so she, um, I sent her, like, what was great is my friend who'd done, done a book before, so she said, this is what you do to pitch a book, you know. So I had to put a pitch together, like a little PDF of, you know, what it is, what the content is, who are the people who would go in it, why there's a gap in the market, you know, like what, what are the denim books are there in the world? There isn't a street style denim book, you know, no. like that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the woman like replied to me within 20 minutes and was like, I'm interested, come in. Mm. I was like, oh, amazing. And that was it. She just took it straight away. They were really good. Um, See, I, 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 I think that's amazing. I was, yeah, I was shocked. I was so excited when that happened. And then it was just all systems go. um, And I just kind of just worked it out. I mean, the trouble with books is there's not a lot. I mean, I'm sure back in the day there used to be money in it. There's not really a lot of money in it now. So it's definitely a passion project for me. And I have to say a massive shout out to all the photographers because this is their passion project too. What they get paid, it's almost just like, should I bother invoicing? It's so, it's, it really, it it upsets me. It does. And what I do, what I tend to do is I tend to like, like for quite a lot of the shoots or for a lot of the people who help me out a bit more, I just like out my own pocket, just give them a bit more money just because I'm like, I'm sorry, it's so low. Um, And I don't get, I mean, I, I get more than the photographers do, but then I put in about 70 times more hours because it's obviously a lot, a lot of work my end. But um, but yeah, I, I do it for the passion, and also I have to say though, it does lead to other stuff that you know yeah. leads to money. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's all good. But um, but no, they, Lawrence King were really really great. Um, but for the second book, um, not so great. <laughs> so well, with, that's a really good time. This is a really good time for me to, to stop, uh, and, yeah. stop part one. I think, Amy. Yeah, Excellent. definitely. Yeah, go no problem. Are we good for doing that? And we're going to go into part yeah, two. Yeah, with, uh, well, we've we've knocked off an hour and twenty-two minutes already. Oh, 
Glastonbury for <laughs> you, You'll be ready for tea by the time we've done this. You'll be ready for breakfast, it'll be tea exactly. time. No, but, yeah. Well, but yeah, do that's this not so much. I think like the build up and all of my life and all of that, I mean it can't like you know. Yeah, it's not we'll be, be fine. Yeah, we can do we can do dudettes in well, we'll just we'll go with it, but I understand yeah, yeah, what you're saying. Cool. Right, <laughs> lovely. Well, do you want uh, five minutes to I don't know, do no, all no, well, or... I, as long as you guys are all right. I thought I would need a wee at some point, but I've not needed one yet, so I'm fine with carrying on if you you're want. You're not to. drinking enough Yorkshire tea, Amy. <laughs> I'm not. I might put the kettle on actually, but I can do that whilst I'm speaking to you. So you can do. All right, that's cool um, then. No problem. Yes, yeah, so if you want to just carry straight on, or do you want to like? How do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah, that? fine. Well, when we when we cut it, there'll just be a cut, and then it'll just go on to number two. So yeah, that's Great. absolutely okay. fine. Yeah, crack Good stuff. Cool. Right, okay. So that's podcast one over and done with. We are- Hi guys, a uh, bit of a strange outro because basically I want to speak to Amy again in literally thirty seconds, but we split the podcast up into two parts because uh, we knew that we'd be talking to her for quite a while. So this is the end of part one. Thank you very much for listening. Part two, we're going to get stuck into Denim Dudettes and her next book and her next projects. So please tune in. It will be available in a week's time. And hopefully on podcast one by then, we're we're hoping. Uh, We're still working. We're still ticking all the boxes on that there to get it up. But yeah, so anyway, cheers for listening, lads. And we'll speak to you all again in a week's time. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a nice weekend.